All right, welcome to uh, Inquiry into Freedom with Ron and Alan. Today is the, uh, what is it, Thursday already? Wow. Thursday the 18th. So uh, I was looking at something the other day, and you know we've had this uh, winter storm heather, I guess is what it's being called, uh, Arctic blast heather traveling uh, across the country and um, like I don't remember what state it was in maybe I have an article here maybe that's what I was reading they're seriously naming every freaking storm apparently that's what we do now I wasn't kidding when I said in the name of equity and inclusiveness we now have to name everything everything has to have a name or a label of some sort so yeah. Oh they, my gosh. I was thinking, you know, like we used we used to have like the blizzard of seventy-eight. You know, that's all it needed because it yeah, was seventy-eight. Yeah, and Snowstorm, it was a blizzard. blizzard, yeah. We didn't give them yeah. and uh, I I guess, otherwise anything else really wasn't worth remembering because it happens like every freaking year, right? But so, I wonder unless there's nothing unusual. Well, and and neither are winter storms. I mean in the wintertime <sighs> it snows. So I'm wondering, I'm wondering if they do that because if if you were to be a mass media elitist, you went on television and said a hurricane happened, you know, or, or a hurricane's about to hit Florida. And that was pretty much the gist of the story. You're not going to get as much attention if you go, hurricane... Wendy is headed, you know, barreling towards Florida. So winter storms, not really, I mean, for, for people like you and I, it's not that big a deal. Okay, it's, yeah, it's wintertime, so we have storm, you know, snowstorms in the winter. But if you give it a name, maybe it's, you, they're doing that to make it more, I don't know, newsworthy. Or to gather more attention, or for the ratings. I mean, I don't know why they would do that. It doesn't make any sense to me. Um, I think I don't even know where the naming of hurricanes, where the tradition started, or or why we started doing that. I mean, I have absolutely no idea. But in a mocking sort of way, all I'm saying is they're doing that to you know make sure storms are included and feel you know equal. I mean, I I, I, I don't oh my know. God. Can we just not name any of them? Well, that's my whole thing. It's it's winter. You yeah. know, it gets cold in certain places. It snows in certain places. I mean, it's it's not like... So I think so, there's a reported yeah. six deaths in, during the entirety of this storm. I have absolutely no idea if the, the uh, total has gone higher. But what stood out to me also was that they are asking certain places to uh, turn down their uh, thermostats. Oh. Well, what about all the... Uh, I mean, you want us to go electric. And, and you can't handle... The grid can't handle people turning their heat up. But the grid's going to handle everybody driving electric cars? Yeah. Which, by the way, electricity is, is powered by what? Mm -hmm. Coal? 
and you want the coal industry to to completely 100% go away? I, I mean, I, I don't understand the rules of the game. And if you can't understand the rules of the, of the game, that's why we continue to have the same conversations over and over and over again. I mean, yeah. I, I'm one of those well, people that's tired of hearing about climate change or global warming or whatever the hell they want to call it now. Not that, not that I'm not saying that man may not be doing damage to this planet, but this planet, according to some scientists, is, what, a couple billion years old? Um, and and that, uh, a friend of mine um, posted something the other day one of the rare times that I get on Facebook um, and said, uh, um, I'll find it. Here come the, it's, it is colder this winter post uh, because the planet is warmer. <laughs> and I mean, he's like, no, really, I just saw one. Is this like a Cheech and Chong thing, you know, where they just kind of make shit up and, you know, have a dube and one plays the global warming and one plays the... Uh, I mean, really? So we've never had a named summer storm, at least not that I know of, other than like a hurricane. Right. So can we at least have no named storms in the summertime? I mean, because it is traditionally like... Summer and not time. Well, maybe it. maybe they name the storms that are going to cover, uh, uh, you know, a big portion of the country. Because this this storm went from, you know, basically your uh, our old neck of the woods. You know, the Midwest, which is kind of weird because the Midwest to me is Illinois and blah blah blah. Uh, but from the western part of the United States across to the eastern uh, shore all the way up north. So it was a pretty, you know, big storm that hit a lot of places at the same time. Maybe that's, that's why. But a hurricane doesn't hit a lot of places at the same time. I mean, most, most of the hurricanes don't. They arrive on shore in Florida, the Gulf Shores, you know, whatever. They don't hit the entire east coast uh, at one time. So I, I'm just trying to make sense of it. I, I don't. I'm, I'm rambling on here because I don't understand. Do you really want to? No, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm tired of hearing about this. I'm tired of the yeah. the uh, the uh, over exaggeration, the embellishment of of people, and what we what we have put so much emphasis on that's not really relevant. Well, I posted some stuff like that on Facebook for three straight days of, you know, where there was a little bit of accumulation of flurries at the base of the tree, you know, and it was supposed to be this gigantic storm. Three days in a row this happened. And there was all this buildup about, oh, it's going to be whatever, cold, and um, whatever. So... Okay, so there was enough accumulation to cover one leaf that was laying in the yard, 
not covered, but you can see that it had snowed. And I took a picture of snow coming down, you know, the flurries coming down. And I posted that, mocking exactly what you're saying. People making a big deal out of everything. And I, and I triggered two people. This Uh-oh. was the first one. Of oh don't do that you're we're we're proud of our um, mild winters here and etc cetera, etc cetera. don't jinx us okay um, uh, can you not tell that I'm mocking the weather people yeah this is yeah so I then I did it again uh, I, and I said three straight days sorry I, I I meant Friday Monday and Tuesday because I, uh, nothing really happened on the weekend and. There wasn't anything going on because they didn't cancel schools or anything. Monday, well, lo and behold, there was another huge storm moving in. And uh, th- and this is a week ago, Monday. This is a, this last week, Monday, where we actually were like zero degrees and the Chiefs were playing the couple nights before. So... You know, it was going to be, oh, it's going to be like zero degrees and then we're supposed to get tons of snow and all of that. Well, they did get a couple of inches of snow in Kansas City. Here, um, sadly, we had enough uh, snow dust around the base of one tree <laughs> that I got a picture of that. And that was it. There's all this green grass around it. And I, and I had to go into town to run some errands and I... So I took a, a, a photo of a driving by the school and the parking lot was empty. There was no school. And none of the government offices were open. The only thing open was the pot shops and the dentist because I had to go to the dentist. Wow. That's why. So, so I went by the school at 2 o'clock and there was one truck out in the parking lot and the parking lot's dry. And there's, it's surrounded by the green grass. You know, there's no snow on the ground. So that one got a bunch of, oh, I've never seen such green snow before. <laughs> That's funny. And then the third day, um, I, I, I don't know, I did something similar. And I'm like, I think I've made my point, you know. So then we had this last weekend where, you know, we've got no snow here. I guess they did. I, well, you even got it. but Yeah, I just sent you a, I just, I just we, sent you a I, picture. I had flurries, okay? Nothing accumulated, not even enough to take mocking photos of what looked like frost on the ground. You know, nothing. Mm. Uh, but it was zero degrees three straight days. So, you know, other than all of our degrees leaving town, there is no news. And how do you take a photo of zero degrees? Right, you know? right. I mean, technically, I guess if there's zero of them, then you can't take a photo of them because there aren't any, right? So, yeah. anyway. Um, well, they're yeah, not equipped I, I, here. So, you know, where I live, they're not equipped. In, and I don't know if you saw all the hoopla that was going on in Memphis. Uh with uh, the snow plows and, you know, people weren't able to get around and stuff. I guess Memphis and Nashville got hammered pretty good. Um, But they're not equipped here for this kind of weather. Vehicle, tire, snow plow, or otherwise. They just don't, because it doesn't snow here like that. So when it does, I mean, 
you know, if and especially if you live like where I live, and again, I sent you a picture of it through uh, private message. You a picture of it. Um, they don't plow the back roads. They just don't. Ever. Hmm. They don't have the manpower nor the equipment. Um, and and I guess because it's so hilly. I mean, I, I live in between a, a big hill and then a big slope. So if you, if you go out my driveway to the right, you go downhill. To the left, you go uphill. And, and I guess you would consider, or at least if you're from here, that I live on the, the top of a, basically a small mountain. Um, and you don't realize how high you are until you get to the top. In, in, the, in the fall and winter, you can see the whole valley. But in the summertime, if you were driving that way, you wouldn't even know that, that you were on top of a mountain because there's so many trees here. Um, but anyway, uh, it's just, I, I, don't, I don't understand... Um, you know, first of all, the whole climate change agenda. I mean, I get what I get what the goal is, but I don't know where it comes from. And so I, I had mentioned before the the uh, the little clip that I had seen of a, a supposed debate that was going to happen between you know, the, the climate scientists and the scientists who disagree with them, and then, mm -hmm. you know. But uh, I read something in an article that said the Earth's core has been cooling for about 4.5 million years. And my question is, who gathered that information? What was the scientist's name 4.5 million years ago that took the temperature that we know today? It, it was Dino. It was Dino Osaurus from Ireland. Yeah. Is that a distant relative of Bill Nye? Well, he's he was originally from Italy and moved <laughs> to Ireland, so therefore the Dino, like Dean and Martin, <laughs> yeah. and Dino and Osaurus, of course, is an old, old, old Irish family name. So yeah, what a what a freaking joke! Yeah, it's it's just that I think a lot of this is just to distract people from what's important in life. And I just I, I love to make fun of things. You know, it's basically what I do all day long. I just make including myself. Um, but uh, you know, I'd rather do it when I don't have something more important to do. Yeah. You know, just for a distraction, like having a commercial, you know, uh, but this stuff is just so insane. I just. Well, I understand. I understand the advance in science. I mean, I don't, I, I'm sitting here mocking it and I understand that they have technology or they have developed ways to determine the age of a tree by by the rings inside or whatever. Um, I mean. I, I've mentioned on the show that, that most individuals don't know how many times the polar ice caps have melted. Mm 
And based on science, it's been no less than nine. And, and the planet's still here. Um, the land was still here. You know, the, the oceans didn't rise to the levels that, that Barack Obama needs to worry about his house being underwater. They know it, and some of us know it. Um, I also read a recent article that you, you can hear about on TV or probably any mass media um, and mentioned it on the show that the, the biggest hole in the ozone layer is repairing itself. And scientists were baffled. So you can, you can preach to me science, science, science all day long. Scientists aren't 100% accurate. No. They haven't been since 4.5 million years ago. Um, and I think that uh, a lot of emphasis is being put on this whole global warming and, and whatever the crap it is. Uh, whatever. And, well, and not know. enough people understand that... that Global cooling, and you had said this before, and, and I had mentioned that uh, more people have died from cold than they have from heat, and that, from overheat, you know, overheating. And that's a scientific fact. Uh, so I, I don't get the whole rules of engagement when it comes to the nonsense that we have to deal with, and the fact that we're going to die in four years, which we should have been dead four years ago. So, so they keep moving the goalposts, they keep changing the rules, and they keep, you know, they keep um, us confused to the point where we're, we follow this shit like religion. You know, because it's slammed down our throat, that whole conditioning mass psychosis thing, it's just slammed down our throat day after day after day. And, and I'm just fed up with it. I'm like, listen, I mean, we're all going to die. Nobody gets out of here alive. Nobody's going to live forever. We're going to die of something. You know, I, I, I try to eat as healthy as I can, but I'm not a health nut. You know, I eat a Twinkie. It, it, I mean... A comedian that I know, or he, he passed away from cancer, because guess what? Everybody dies, right? And, and oh, his, he, really? no. he, he would say, you know, uh, the best case scenario is that you're lying in a hospital bed someday dying of fucking nothing. You know, because you, you, didn't, you didn't eat the Twinkie, you didn't smoke the cigarette, you didn't drink the beer. You didn't have a little fun in your life. So, so you could be the healthiest per person on the planet, and you're still going to die. Yeah. So he said, <laughs> what, what, was the, uh, what was the lines that he actually used? Eat a Twinkie. Smoke a cigarette. F a stranger. <laughs> and, and he said it. Later on in the show, after I've been drinking a little bit, if I get those two things, two, those things mixed up, that's probably why. 
He said, don't get me wrong. I'll eat a stranger, but I'm not effing the Twinkie. (laughs) He used to play a lot. uh, He used to play a lot in uh, Colorado Springs at the comedy club. (laughs) He had a man, this guy, storied life, storied life. Uh, He was a he was a record uh a concert producer who was the first person to bring Ozzy Osbourne and Black Sabbath to Australia he was the editor of a major magazine or newspaper he was an ordained minister uh he was a jewel thief and he he makes fun of that and he's like you know um cuz he I mean he spent time in prison for being a thief uh, and he was a comedian. He was on, uh, he had several specials on HBO and, and I believe um, Showtime. Uh, I think he he um, may have spent a little bit of time on television, but I, I got to know him because he would come to Colorado Springs, you know, once a year or so. And, you know, sometimes those guys will hang out after the show. And, I mean, we bought some stuff from him and my wife and I just got to talking to him and not like we were like we called each other or anything like that but we he would recognize me and you know we would sit down and and talk for a little bit so I guess you could consider that a a friend Uh, well yeah yeah at least an acquaintance yeah I try not to confuse the two but there's nothing wrong with either one you know you just don't want to confuse a an acquaintance for a friend, like a friend borrows money from you, you know? <laughs> yeah, well, I want to know them, uh, I or I either want to know them really well, or I don't want to be too emotionally connected because I might have to break their legs. Well, that's so, what I was getting ready to say. A, a friend, a, does a friend borrow money from you, or is a friend when he pays you back? Well, I think that's where, you know, I loan it to them when they're an acquaintance. Yeah. They become a friend. Yeah, when they, they pay, pay you back. back. Exactly. If they don't pay me back, then, you know, did I ever tell you the public story enemy about number one. To, well, what happened to Jimmy Hoffa when he didn't pay me back? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Public enemy number one, and uh, you may never see him again, depending on the mm-hmm. amount borrowed. Exactly. <laughs> So, uh, it's been fairly slow as far as, you know, stupid news goes, but, uh, I'm sure you heard that, uh, the United States, uh, is executing more missile strikes, uh, on the Houthis, but here's the crazy part. Pakistan uh, launched... Houthis and the blowships? Houthis and the Toothies and the Hooties and yeah. Rudy Pooties. Uh, Pakistan launched missiles at Iran. Oh, yeah. yeah. This is going to get big. I, I, I believe this is going to be a big problem. I think the whole Middle East is eventually, you know, it just depends on whose side everybody gets on, but it's going to cause a, a... I think that'll be the stepping stone to a possible World War Three. is that the Middle um, East will be burning. It could. I mean, the thing is, we have several things. 
that could play out that way. Yeah. I mean, not like anything I've ever seen before. I mean, there's there's crap, which. Oh, this is what I was the crack I was going to say about global warming is that you're talking about when does this, you know, something about when do they stop jerking around or something like that and getting hot or whatever. I'm thinking just think of just think of this climate talk as a bunch of crap and crap never gets warmer than when it first comes out, you know. <laughs> my dogs are experts oh, on crap yeah so just right? look at it like you know any dog crap, owner you know? knows any dog owner knows exactly or cat owner for that matter oh, horse yeah. owner cow owner yeah you know yeah i'm like any other I, mean, I just anyone who's an environmentalist is going right into the the they they just create shit list as far as i'm concerned but uh, until they start backing it up, because uh, I don't get the whole emotional attachment to, oh my God, we're all going to die, you know? I don't either, because I'm not worried no. about that. Well, if there's nothing you can do anyway, then spend your energy on how you survive it, or finalizing things with your maker, or But whatever. these are the but, same people, Ron, that, that live in cities with with people that are camping in tents on their city streets yeah. and they're defecating all over the place and they're throwing their dirty needles into the, into the, uh, yeah. you know, the waste system and, and, you know, they're trap they, they don't pay for, you know, a trash company to come haul their shit away. No, they're just a bunch of chimpanzees literally throwing crap at each other. And, you know, I just would rather not, get involved in all that but at any rate the more serious thing is the all these various things going around the world uh i have not seen this this much peril uh in my time that i can remember and i first started remembering things when well jfk you know i was uh five when he was assassinated and I remember a lot of that. And I remember the uh, Cuban Missile Crisis because my dad was down there flying fighter escort uh, during that. And uh, remarkably, I was like three. And yet I still remember it being on TV. Mm. I was at my grandparents' farm. Most people never remember anything at three. So that's probably the first thing of, I guess you'd know, you'd call noteworthy that I remembered from what's going on out in the world. But um, if, if you look at the early 60s and what was going on then, it wasn't like it is now. I mean, there was all that blown up, overblown stuff between the Soviet Union and us on you know, this crisis or that crisis, and I and I really do wonder, and I always have, just how serious was that? Not, not that it wasn't serious, but was it really a crisis? Or was it just, these people don't get along and we don't have a pathway to get along yet, and they've got very dangerous weapons, and we're just going to all get excited about it instead of remaining calm. I mean, didn't the media really cause all that anxiety. Uh, 
I think they did. Uh, and I think the media is doing all of this now, and I think that a lot of political people are, because we've got people screaming and crying in the streets because their side doesn't win an election. Or, oh my God, we're all going to die with uh, uh, whatever it is. The, I guess it, it's not global warming now, it's climate change, which no one can explain. Uh, but we only have until 2030. There's just a few years left. Okay. Well, what do we do? I mean, there's nothing anyone can do between now and 2030. There, there are some steps we can take if we know what we're supposed to do and why. But why are we going to go create more uh, environmental disaster than we save by mining all kinds of minerals uh, to create stuff that is not recyclable for batteries and for these uh, turbine blades. Yeah. And not, and, and the same thing with, for the solar things. I mean, I'm all for that stuff. I came out of college and I was all ready for it. I, I thought, man, we're going to have hydrogen powered cars and in just three or four years, what, where can I go to work to do that? Because uh, I think hydrogen-powered vehicles really are the best way to go. If there was a way to control them from becoming a Ford Pinto and blowing up. Um, but why haven't we perfected that? Because that's a pretty small problem, actually, to have to solve if that's the only problem you have to solve is you can take everything about a regular car and switch it over to hydrogen. You just have to figure out how to keep them from going boom, right? Yeah. And the only byproduct from it is water because it gets used and the fuel becomes water when yeah. it's been used. Mm -hmm. So why wouldn't that be the most obvious thing to go do? Instead, we got to do all this very expensive stuff that doesn't work. And we create a huge problem. Well, you're you're hitting uh, a, a point that I think is never really. Um, there's not a lot of talk about, and that's with you know the re, the the recycling of stuff, uh, and and how is that process conducted? Because you know we we've talked about how a lot of times humanity. Uh, tries to make things better and actually makes them worse. So, you know, 30 years from now, we'd be sitting watching television and you see the commercial, which we've joked about before. Have you or a loved one died from yeah, exactly. battery seepage from an electric vehicle getting into your, uh, you know, water supply? Yeah. I, I mean, seriously, we don't know that that can't happen. We don't... What, one of the reasons one of the reasons that they will not attempt uh, nuclear power is because of the nuclear waste. Where are we going to put it? Yucca Mountain. We're having we're having uh, uh, enough issues with uh, landfills. We, we produce way too much garbage. Way too much that's not recyclable. Right. 
I mean, again, why aren't, why aren't we still using paper bags at the grocery store? Why is it plastic? Why did we go from glass bottles to plastic bottles? Which now, by the way, even doctors won't drink uh, bottled water because of the plastic particles floating around in the water. Mm -hmm. That is very unhealthy. And by the way, that plastic bottle is made with what? Petroleum. Yeah. What's petroleum? Oil. Byproduct of oil. I mean, come on. Yeah. This, is, this is science 101. Yeah. And we know that none of that crap is healthy. I mean, come on. <sighs> McDonald's went away from a styrofoam container for their burgers. Because, oh, it's, it's destroying the planet. Yeah. And again, what about, you know, they want to talk about uh, 4.5 million years ago and, uh, you know, how much the earth interior, exterior, what the temperature was. I don't give a crap. Choose your poison. Um, I just want the proof, whatever yeah, it is. Yeah, but they don't, the they don't talk about the, the, the tectonic plate shifts and the, and the super storms of you know, 4.5 million. There was a storm, there, there was a, an age so deadly on this planet that dinosaurs no longer exist. Mm -hmm. there, there were asteroid bombardments and meteor showers that, that changed the whole entire landscape. If you want to go by science, and, and, you know, everybody wants to listen to the science these days. So what I'm stating is not, untrue so if you're gonna if you're gonna throw out that a little bit of plastic and some styrofoam and and maybe some you know uh fumes from uh gas is destroying the planet and I, i'm thinking there were some some really uh, uh devastating things that happened before we were even around that were a lot more devastating than that. Yeah. So that, that's never part of the conversation, though. See, that's the part that, that's the, that's the part that they want to leave, uh, you know, in the closet. They don't want to take that out and say, oh, but, you know, this, this was really bad. And oh, by the way, the, the core temperature of the earth is cooling. Well, I mean, is, is, wouldn't the core temperature of the Earth be more of a uh, concern? It would be to me. And then, and then well, they never mention the, the solar uh, storms that have affected this planet. Um, solar yeah. storms are not good. Well, they, that's the whole thing is there, if you only look at one particular thing, that is your, that's your filter. But if there's a hundred different filters and any one of them can change something, then you're screening out maybe something that's more important. So they get all wrapped up in, you know, well, I remember when solar flares were the, a big deal. 
mm-hmm. and then sunspots. And actually, I think there's something to the sunspots idea because it it does affect a number of things, and there there can be times where it affects the the climate. Uh, and actually, the cycles that the sun goes through has way more effect on our climate than anything else that we're doing, even with respect to carbon emissions. And carbon emissions, it's far more uh, susceptible to be uh, causing a problem from uh, volcanic activity than anything else. And yet people are worrying about cows bloviating. Okay, well, it's just people getting all wrapped up in this minutiae of detail when they don't even know... they they are not an expert in anything. They haven't lived life long enough to be an expert in anything. They're just alarmists. And they get they get all of this emotion tied up and invested into something. And they let that drive them where the the folks who really do know what's going on, who are behind it all, like like the current stuff, well you don't see them very concerned about it because, you know, Kerry's flying around on his jet and Obama's living uh, on two or three very expensive private areas uh, that are at sea level, essentially, in Martha's Vineyard and in, in Hawaii. Well, but you um, know as well as I do that they are not going to be um, under those mandates, laws, regulations, rules, or whatever. They they will exempt themselves. But if you're concerned about the oceans rising, then wouldn't you spend your $18 million on a house that's, I don't know, maybe 20 feet higher instead of being at sea level? That's my point. They're, They're not worried about it because they know it's not serious. So it's, you, you watch the people who, uh, Watch what they do instead of what they say. And watch what Obama does. Watch what Biden does. Watch what uh, uh, Miss Hogjowls, what's her name, Hillary. Um, you know, watch what they're doing. They're not at all concerned about any of the stuff they're saying. Uh, so why should we? So why, why come out of college, you've got your whole life ahead of you, you're 22 years old, and you're going to cry in the street because of whatever. I mean, cry over a breakup with your boyfriend or girlfriend. Don't break up. Don't do that because of climate change. I mean, be serious. Right. Um, you know, so I'd just rather not, um, I'd rather not understand it. I really don't want to because it's not real. If it's real, I'm still not an expert in the science, although although I can probably do the science, you know, the, the critical thinking and the mathematics and the analyses and data gathering, I could probably do that as well as anyone else, but I'm not, a, I'm not a proficient in the data, in the analysis of it. But the, all these people who are all emotionally tied to it, they can't do any of that stuff. They're, they're just, they're looking for something to uh, blow their nose over. I don't know. So I just, they have nothing to offer. I mean, nothing. So. 
Yeah, I'm just, uh, again, I, I, we've talked about this numerous times, and the only reason I bring it up is because, you know, it's, it's just out of control, and it's just being pounded down our throats, and, and I'm just tired of hearing about it. Because well, you're not really offering yeah. me, you're not offering me viable solutions. You're, first of all, you're not offering me scientific fact. You're, you, this is a, a word that we've used recently a lot on the show. Is It's speculation. You're speculating that we're going to be dead in five years. Yeah. It's a hypothetical. So, hypothetically, you were wrong five years ago. Because we're still here. Yeah. Um... Has weather changed since I was younger? Yeah, a little bit. You know, it's it's warmer, you know, some parts of the summer than it was. It's more humid here, you know, at certain times of the year. Um, but for the most part, everything's really about the same. But but weather is is about as predictable as uh, the next time Joe Biden's going to fall. I mean, it could be any moment that the weather changes, just like it could be any moment that he falls over or forgets where he's at. Whatever. I mean, it's... It, I like the whole fills his pants it's just like It's just like, why is there a weatherman? Do, you, do we really need a weatherman? Maybe no. when there's going to be something major happen, like potential flooding or, or, you know, a snowstorm. But other than that, I can walk outside and say, okay, it's cold, I need a jacket. Oh, it's raining, mm -hmm. I, need, I need an umbrella. Oh, it's hot out, I really need to take this sweater off and, and put a t-shirt on. Or whatever, I mean, but throughout the day it changes. You know, especially anyone who's ever lived in Colorado uh, near the mountains. It's nice and sunny and warm, and five minutes later, a storm rolls over the mountains that you didn't see because, you know, you couldn't see through the mountain. And all of a sudden, it's storming. Yeah. You know what they used to say back in the day? Uh, wait five. If you don't like the weather, wait five minutes. Yeah. Well, that's because yeah. it's unpredictable. Yeah, it changes more and faster than anywhere I've ever lived uh, there. And yet... You know, I mean, was El Nino and El Nina a thing when when you were younger? I don't ever remember hearing about that. No, no, it's all someone trying to sound smarter, and a lot of it's honestly driven by weather people trying to make themselves more and more relevant and more and more scientific. And you know, there's there's a little bit of you know hooray for that. Yeah, and no, I I, 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 I I'm just like. I would rather just stick, like most things, to the overall. You know, is the overall picture going to be pretty sunny tomorrow? Or are we going to be, uh, let's say, in the 40s? Are we going to be in the 60s? Um, if you're not sure, can we split the middle and be maybe in the 50s? I mean, I'm not, I don't care if it's 41 or 42. Uh, 40s is good enough for me. Mm. Low 40s is fine. That's I, I don't even care about that level of precision. 
I just want to know, do we have a maybe a chance of rain? So, you know, uh, I had a discussion with uh, a friend of mine who actually now lives in uh, Colorado, of all places. But she used to, uh, she went to a different high school than me in, Can in the Kansas City area. And she married one of my best friends. Uh, and, well, I mean, we, he and I went clear back to eighth grade. I mean, a long time. Yeah. He passed away. But because um, I'm really, really old, you know. <laughs> um, so at any rate, we got to catching up on something. And uh, she was talking about weather patterns and all. And, and I said, you know, my experience in Kansas City, my recollection is, is that they were actually pretty good on temperatures, but terrible on precipitation. Yeah, you know, snow, rain, what have you. Because I don't know how many times we would have like three inches of partly cloudy in Kansas City. It was just terrible. Yeah. They just never could get it right. Mm -hmm. But they were pretty good about, you know, uh, temperatures, you know. We, you know, so they'd, they'd say it's going to be 70 degrees and sunny tomorrow. Well, yeah, you'd see the sun for like an hour and then you'd get three inches of rain. But it'd be 70s. Right. You know? Yeah. Whereas Colorado, they were, they're pretty good about, you know, if they say it's a 70% chance of snow, then, you know, there's usually going to be some snow. Now, it may not be many things more than flurries. <laughs> well, but that 70% is, is, um, is not the percentage of chance of it snowing, it's the percentage of area that it's going to snow on. <laughs> <laughs> no, know. seriously. Yeah. I, so if you I, if you if you go to your weather app, whatever it is that you use, and it says sixty percent chance of of rain, it's not. There's a sixty percent chance it's going to rain, but there's a sixty percent. Uh, it's a it's a it covers an area, not whether it's going to rain or not. So if I go to my health app and it says 70% chance of cancer, does that mean that uh, I have cancer over 70% so of me? So there's where the science gets confused, right? I know, right? So there, maybe that's the whole COVID thing, you know? That, yeah. So I don't know. I, I'm so it's almost more, like it's I, almost I'm like not a, nearly as fascinated with this as I am the fact that we have so many hot spots around the world. That could, yeah, no, all, I, I was getting yeah, every that. single one of them could be World War Three. Yeah, so, I was getting ready to get into that. Um, but I wanted to I wanted to tell you something uh, that I found interesting. So um, the CEO of J.P. Morgan Chase was at uh, Davos, the World Economic Forum. Oh, Lord. Okay. But. What did Jamie have to say this time? Yeah, old Jamie. Uh, this is going to blow your socks off. So he was talking to uh, a panel of speakers. He was, a, he was featured with a panel of speakers. And um, he said that while the stock market remains high at the moment, he has concerns regarding the economic future of the United States over the next couple of years. 
After questioning the current stability of the U.S. economy, he turned his attention to the importance of respecting American voters and called out Democrats for repeatedly uh, bashing Trump supporters. He told CNBC's panel, I wish the Democrats would think a little more carefully when they talk about MAGA. When people say MAGA, actually they're looking at people voting for Trump and they're basically scapegoating them, saying, you think like him. But I don't think they're voting for Trump because of his family values. Just take a step back and be honest. He was kind of right about NATO, kind of right about immigration. He grew the economy quite well. Tax reform worked. He was right about some of China. And it, you got to think, man, I believe that's where most people are today. Most who have a brain. Because we've, we've talked almost identically to the to the uh, T about what he is saying. Yeah. We don't give a shit about, you know, Trump's bombastic uh, silliness. You know, his, his uh, he has a, a different way of humor about him that most people don't understand. He also is very... Uh, arrogant, period. But I'm not voting for him based on his personality. I'm voting for him based on his capability as being the president and what is right for everyone in this country. Again, I, I, I take the D or the R away. I don't give a shit about that. If there was somebody running for president that had a D in front of their name that that acted like Trump, but wanted to implement the same kind of policies, which we know will never happen. Let's just, it's just the hypothetical. Uh, I, I would consider voting for them because I think that's what's best for the country. Sure, I, I'm putting myself into that category because <laughs> I want my life to be better, my kids' lives to be better. Um, so... But isn't it ironic that you have someone from <laughs> old Jamie from J.P. Morgan uh, basically saying you need to listen to what Trump has to say and you need to take a yeah. step back and look at what happened during his presidency versus the presidency, the administration that we are dealing with today. Yeah, I don't know where that language with him has been, though, because, I mean, you and I have said essentially those same things for several years now a lot of other folks have too and and he's just been a, a staunch democrat i mean yeah. lord knows how much money jp morgan well has put into democrat party stuff let, let me just including finish, him yeah let me just finish with finish up with what he said um he, well, he, he said he didn't appreciate what Trump said about his previous comments regarding Mexico. But he said he wasn't wrong about some of these critical issues. Um, he suggested that Americans who disagree with Trump supporters should be a little bit more respectful of their fellow citizens. 
Doubling down on his criticism of Democrats disrespe disrespecting Trump supporters, he said, Democrats have done a pretty good job spreading neg negativity about Trump supporters by labeling half the country as deplorables. But he said, can we just stop that stuff and actually grow up and treat other people with respect and listen to them a little bit? I think this negative talk about MAGA is going to hurt Biden's reelection campaign. So it was playing both sides here, I get it. But one of the things that the Democrats don't understand, him being one of them, is that we have tried to talk to you. We have tried yeah. to reason with you. We have tried to be fair. But you cannot be any of those when the other side is unreasonable. When they want it only their way or no way. When they, when they have no substance to their argument and, and they resort to canceling and name-calling and labeling and trying to destroy your life just because you can't come to the same agreement. Yeah. And it, yeah, it never used to be that way. So yeah. I, I think now, even we've, we've discussed revenge politics, and I'm not for revenge politics, but we have revenge citizenry where, where we're, we're all trying to get the last word in and the last insult in. And, and, and we're, we're as, the, as we the people who are having to deal with the result of the chaos caused by the, the current government that we have in place, the unconstitutional people that are in charge, we as we, as, we the people we're not having legitimate conversations like you and I have discussed with our own family members, you know, and, and friends that have, have labeled us, called us names, and, and we decided, hey, we've had enough of your shit. You're gone. Mm -hmm. Now, yeah, look how, look how empty Facebook is anymore. Man, There's no one, on, no one on the left is on mine anymore. They don't even, I mean, there's some who are friends and stuff, but I never see their posts any longer. They've just stopped posting, actually. Uh, every now and then they'll post something, but they're like, um, they're, they're afraid to say I'm sorry, and they don't want to say I'm sorry, and the truth is they aren't sorry. But no, there's because nothing that they can say right now because <clears throat> we've already told them so. What are we going to do? Say, we told you so? Right. I mean that doesn't go anywhere, but but they they're not but they going won't to change, change their mind. Yeah, that's no. exactly right. That's exactly what yeah. I was going to say. They'll never change. I mean, they'll they'll yeah. vote for Biden again. Yeah, and they're they're just wrapped up in the whole politics of it all, and we're wrapped up in the freedom of it all. Yes, and that's something that the left and especially biden i mean biden talks as derisively as i've ever heard about freedom you, you know he talks about these magus maga people and they're and they have to have their freedom you know like freedom is such a bad thing well if if you don't want to live in a free country then fine go move anywhere else but, you know, and that's, you know, that just made me think of something. 
like with the black community who fought for their, their freedom and their rights for so long, but yet they support a party that is against freedom and, and your rights. Yeah. I, I don't understand that. Yeah, I've that, never understood that. The party with, uh, of slavery and uh, oppression was the Democrat Party. Mm-hmm. And and they can and they can manipulate and and uh, condition people to believe that yeah okay well but the Republicans are the ones that flipped. They're the ones that that went from freedom and and uh, uh, anti oppression and all this other stuff to becoming the ra- the real racists. When it's never <laughs> cha- yeah it, it's never changed. Yeah, exactly. The the parties have never flipped. No, it's just it's just that the Democrats have been so uh, uh, outspoken and and so uh, they they've just pushed it for so long that that they've conditioned people, and no, and on the what? other side, the Republicans have been so passive and so. Uh, I, I'll just use the word, they've been such pussies that they've allowed them to do that. And that's why they find themselves in the trouble that they are today. Uh, because they've never pushed back. And if they, yeah, they did, and if how. they did, it was for five minutes and then they moved on to the next subject. Yeah, for all the talk about revenge politics, we haven't, we have not seen any, at least I haven't seen any, revenge politics out of the Republican Party. Not at all. I, no, I, I mean, I've, I've seen them like the whole stuff with looking into uh, impeaching this, that, or the other person. But there's actually some, some real case there. Well, and they're, and they're, they're doing anything but rushing to judgment over it, right? I mean, it kind of looks like they're intentionally dragging their feet as far as I'm concerned. But I'd rather get down to, is this, should this person be impeached or not? Either do it or don't. Right. But yeah. what are you taking so damn long for? But uh, so on one hand, I, I applaud the fact that they're doing some plotting and doing some research and making sure of this, that, or the other thing. But on the other hand, I'm like, hey, you need to get this thing moving. You're waiting way too long for someone to get back to you or getting you something or not. You got to be, if you're going to be a prosecutor, then prosecute. Don't just sit around and play nice. Right. So, uh, but there's a, a good case for impeaching damn near everyone uh, of the uh, cabinet secretaries. Uh, damn near every one of them. Mm-hmm. Now, my is particularly offensive, but yeah, there's no reason in my eyes why he shouldn't have been impeached a couple of years ago. Um, this clown uh, attorney general, uh, same thing. Same thing with Biden, over all over uh, immigration and failing to protect our borders. Um, but the Biden stuff, when it gets into the finances and everything, by all means, and that's something I understand. 
mean, I can look at a financial statement, and I can, in fact, I've even mentioned a few things that I maybe shouldn't have to you, but I mean, I can look at a financial statement and tell you, oh, well, this is something that should be shown up over here. Oh, it's not over here. Oh, well, that tells me then that they're not actually a loan on file. That's actually income that they didn't report. So that's stuff that's easy. I can probably get through his financials in, and his tax returns in a week. So why hasn't that happened? I mean, surely someone in the Congress has looked at that and, and had plenty of time to come up and say, these are the problems. This is, these are not problems. Why, why are they just pulling their thumbs? Uh, I could do it for you in a week and tell you what you got. So you've had how many months now? Uh, and you don't have anything. Uh, so, I, but, but at any rate, my point was that I'm not seeing that as revenge politics. There's some real, there's some real stuff there. And if it was revenge politics, they would have gone straight to impeachment just like they did with Trump. They wouldn't have had anything. Uh, they just looked dumb. And they look dumb now just because they haven't done anything. So at least they haven't gone to actual impeachment trial uh, without having something to to have. But they're, I don't know, I, I just see it as they, they've got a legitimate cause. They're, they're moving awfully slow on it, which tells me that's the political piece of it. Yeah. They don't want to be responsible for taking them out of office. Uh, they're more concerned about that, the perception that they've acted uh, with political motives instead of doing what's right and dealing with those ramifications, which is what I always liked about Trump. But, uh, yeah, so that's, that's really a big difference. Yeah, he'd rather do what's, what he thinks is right. I'm not saying it's always right, but he'd rather do what he thinks is right and take the heat. Uh, then to do nothing then, at all. Exactly. And, and sometimes it doesn't benefit him. I mean, there's several things that he allowed to happen that didn't benefit him, but he said, get it all out. Just put it out there. We'll figure it out. Um, and there's something to appreciate about that. So... Uh, I just like that style better. Uh, well, a lot of people would right? disagree with what I'm about to say, which is I find him more genuine. Uh, like when he says he loves the country and, uh, you know, wants to do what's right. And, you know, he's all about law and order and making sure that America comes first. I genuinely believe that he's being honest. Mm-hmm. When you look at some of these other controlled, robotic, reading from a, a, a paper or repeating the same thing that they did at the last speech they had, I mean, he does some of that too. You know, it's, it's, it's I hate it when you watch uh, a candidate speak, like when they were in uh, Iowa. And they showed each of them going to these precincts and, and trying to plead their case with why they should be the president. 
And Nikki Haley was just like, that's the same speech you gave 30 minutes ago. I mean, to the T. So you've, you're, you're basically a parrot. And to me, that's worthless. I mean, speak from the heart and from your mind. And, and Trump does that a lot. He, he goes off script. And, and I mean, I, when he does that, I relate to him more at that point than I do all the stuff I've heard 10 times. Because that's, that's the person. It's not some, from a speech writer. It's not from prepared you know, statements or anything like that. That's actually him saying what's on his mind. Yeah, gaffes and all. Yeah. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. So, but I, I, to to add to what you were saying with the Republicans, uh, they made a deal with Hunter Biden. You know, the attorneys, all the attorneys got together, and instead of uh, charging him with contempt of Congress, like they did Steve Bannon and... uh, Peter Navarro and some of these other people that actually went to jail for or or have potentially could have gone to jail or will, they made a deal with him. Mm -hmm. And then he's not going to, you know, he's not going to be deposed until the the end of February. Like you said, we're just, we're just like time, time is not important. You know, we, we don't need to find any of this stuff out before an, yeah. uh, a general election. <clears throat> yeah. There's no sense of urgency. They, they, they yeah. don't... I, I truly believe that the Republicans don't care if they win or lose. If they win, great. If they lose, ah, we'll get them next time. So they don't have, like, a, a bar that's set. You know, they don't have any goals or aspirations. They just, they just hope and pray that people will show up and vote for them. Because they don't fight back. You know, I don't know how many times I've heard the, the so-called experts, and I, I don't disagree with them on this, I wish they would articulate their position a little better. <laughs> yeah. You know, we, we know what the Democrats want. We know what their end game is and what their goal is. You know, but I couldn't tell you, I could not tell you the first thing about Marsha Blackburn and what she envisions for either this state or the rest of the country. I have absolutely no idea. Sure, she'll, she'll have little sound bites about, you know, some controversial crap that comes up regarding Trump or uh, a Democrat of some sort or whatever. But I've never heard her articulate any position. Oh, I'm a Republican, and I I endorse Trump. And yeah, that's a good point because my personal view on this, and this is not the same view that I had years ago, but after working on a historical rewrite of a big deal and having to know a lot of history from it, uh. I think that a lot of what the Democrat Party articulates 
is the same thing the Republican Party is for. They just don't want to say it out loud. Uh, because this march towards socialism we've had in this country for the last hundred years. Actually, I make this point in my book. Huh. Um, one of my books. Uh, is that neither party is, is out there battling for freedom. We could not have had the progress of Marxism in this country that we've had if it ebbed and flowed with elections. If the, if the Democrats were more in charge than the Republicans, then we would have more Marxism uh, advance. If the Republicans were in control of things more than the Democrats were, they'd be erasing that stuff and making things more free. But instead, what we've had is, regardless of who is in charge, we've gradually had more and more Marxist policies. And we've had fewer and fewer freedoms to the point where our economy no longer even has one single free market. Not one. You know, it looked for a while there like the internet might be a free market, but then, you know, that stopped. Uh, for a while there in the early 80s, the Chicago uh, Commodity Exchange was a free market, but that disappeared by just within two or three years. Um, so car manufacturing, is that a free market? No. And nothing is a free market. You just have to think through it. But is there anything that you can go into or that you can operate in that does not have barriers that are uh, there by competition? Uh, they're, they're there for some other reason, mainly government interference. Uh, there's just nothing. There's nothing that you can go into. Nothing is a free market. Well, the only way that happens is that if both parties are for that, right? Otherwise, you you could dial back the Marxist stuff if you've got the party for freedom in office. But they're not for freedom. So even though, like you and I are for freedom, regardless of your political party, I think you're more free if you don't have a political party myself. But... In fact, Washington warned about the formation of, of uh, political parties because he thought saw that as a threat to the republic of having political parties. He thought it was better to not have political parties. Um, and I tend to agree with him as I've gotten old. We're really old now. So if there was a party of freedom, we would know it because they would be fighting like hell, like way harder than these crazy Democrat people are that you're talking about, who are all, uh, we always know what, what they have going on because they're talking about their vision for things. You know, if there was a party for freedom out there, that's what they would be doing. They'd be espousing that and they would be way more uh, emotionally tied to it 
but we don't have that. So I'm convinced that the Republican Party is for the same Marxist crap that the Democrats are. They just are afraid to say it out loud. They want you to think that, to have a perception that, oh, well, we'll have more freedom, but not freedom. But our, our version of Marxism will be more free than their version. But there's no freedom in any form of Marxism. There never has been. So that's my little soapbox on that subject. Negative as it is. Well, I mean, it's we need to have conversations about this stuff, and and you know, there's not a lot of people who can take into consideration a lot of the things we talk about, or or if they do, there you know, there's very minimal information or talk about a lot of the subjects that we bring up. Um, and I wanted to get to uh, so there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, that's what we're here for, right? Right. Um, so I wanted to get to that subject you were talking about. Oh, did you hear that they found uh, cocaine on Hunter Biden's gun pouch? <laughs> I, wonder, I wonder if they could match that to the same cocaine that was found in the White House. I'm just saying. Um, yeah. Wanted to get to the the possible, you know... The possibility that we are going to be entering oh, some conflict. And, and what's happening in the Middle East and with, you know, Taiwan and even the Philippines. Uh, which I'm, I'm sure you, you can opine on more than I can. But uh, <clears throat> things are escalating. I mean, when you have, when you, have uh, you know, now Pakistan getting involved and, and maybe that's a, uh, a, an agreement with the United States, but, I mean, we, we have to really be careful what the hell we're doing. And we have to, we have to figure out why we're doing it. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the first question that I would ask is why why are we why are we supporting Ukraine so heavily? And and why are we taking the risk of going to war with Russia because of it? Again, I, I've still I've asked the question numerous times, what's our national interest? What 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 does it have to do with uh you know, I get I get the surrounding countries, but I also get the the talk of you know Putin wanting to put the band back together and and you know go back to the days of the USSR. I I, I don't know that that's that's the case. Yeah, I don't think so. But you I got. Think he's He's got a territorial play that historically was all, always tied to Russia control. Not necessarily part of Russia, but sometimes it was. But it was very, it operated very closely with the Russian people. 
And, you know, a lot of eastern Ukraine has more Russians uh, there than Ukrainians. You know, that. so there are some areas there that is what he's after. He does want to reunite the Russian-controlled areas that have Russian people. But it has nothing to do with all of this country, all of that country, but more like a regional uh, situation. But we have not had enough honest uh, media coverage of that whole subject for people to understand what I'm trying to say. And I, I think if I try to go any deeper into this, it just attracts uh, negativity because people just want to say pro or anti-Russia, even though they don't know anything. Right. Um, <clears throat> So it's kind of pro-Palestinian or anti-Palestinian. I mean, yeah, it, it's like, well, whose side are you on anyway? Yeah. Well, I, I kind of want to know what's going on everywhere so I can choose whose side to be on. I'd rather not have you tell me whose side to be on. Yeah, exactly. Um, because it, in my view, there's no reason to be on the side of Ukraine. Now, that doesn't need, mean that I need to be on Russia's side. But, you know, Ukraine is not, well, Ukraine is at war with Russia. But we're insane if we think that we're not. Because our people are flying those those drones. Mm -hmm. This recent change in uh, strategy and tactics in the, uh, in where they want to strike Russia inside, inside Russia with the drones, uh, that whole shift is is Americans doing that. Well, I shouldn't say Americans. It's the United States government, uh, uh, soldiers and uh, actors, the uh, third party contractors. Those are those, those are uh, Pentagon controlled drones. Maybe that's a clearer way to say that. Um, our military is involved in fighting Russia. Uh, it's not just Ukraine. Our military is involved there. Anyone who doesn't know that or sense that is not living in the real world. So at some point, that's going to come back and, and blow up in our faces. Well, even the deserve, fact, even deservedly if, so, and even if we did nothing but give them money, we're involved in the war, right? But we've gone way beyond that. It's not yeah. just about money; it's about the arms, the ammunition, the, like you said, the drones. <clears throat> um, yeah, we, we've Our, talked. What about, I'm saying is, there we are flying the drones. Well, we've talked, and I was getting ready to say, we've talked about boots on the ground, and you can't tell me that we don't have people in the Ukraine. Mm -hmm. We do. I mean, it, and it's not just now. The are they firing? The are they firing bullets? I don't know. Yeah, they're like you said, they're flying drones. Yeah, that's boots on the ground, as far as I'm concerned. And and you know we've talked. Uh, there's been talk, and we've talked about um, the uh, uh, 
giving them the F-16s and the Warthogs and all that other stuff, they, they aren't qualified to fly those. They don't know the, the um, technology used in those. Maybe they do. I mean, I don't know. But if, if, if they didn't, we would have to send people over there to train them, which means we're involved in the war. Yeah. It's not like you can just give somebody... Like, if I gave you... I, I don't know... The, the newest high-tech computer that you could possibly have. And sat it in front of you and said, now go to work. This is what your, your task is. And you didn't know how to use it. You, you wouldn't be able to do the work. No, I've actually had that happen. So I you did, would have I to be... Know how to work something. Yeah. yeah, you would have to either be trained on the job or somebody sit down and <clears throat> train you on how to operate it. Mm-hmm. Well, <clears throat> if you're Vladimir Putin and there's somebody interfering in your business, eventually you're going to get sick of that crap. <clears throat> and, and he has literally come out and said, knock it off or else. It's not your business. But the United States, just like with Israel and, and Palestine and, and Hamas and Hezbollah and all that other stuff, they have to butt their nose into something that, that literally uh, they may have some f- foreign policy knowledge and, and uh, maybe they think it's in the, the best interest of the United States to interfere in all this stuff. But a lot of the American people, except for those who don't know what they're protesting— a, lot, a vast majority of the American people don't want to be involved because it's none of our business. Well, and what are we going to do? <clears throat> what yeah. are we going to do? We're going to send, <clears throat> excuse me, or are we going to send more of our young men and women overseas to, to fight in a battle that none of these people that are in charge would ever consider doing? Uh, and... and you know, who knows? Another 17 years in a foreign country for what? Another, you know, what is it? Almost $10 trillion we spent in Afghanistan. We're going to do that again for what? What, what is it? What good does it do us? Well, yeah, they never articulated, do they? Other than freedom, you know? Who's freedom? Yeah. 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 They, they, as a matter of fact, those countries, the Ukraine probably has more freedom than we do. As it comes to, when it comes to our, our definition of freedom, I mean, they're not a, a, a constitutional republic like the United States, but I'm telling you, I believe they have more freedom than we do. Well, I I know that the Russian people do. I don't know that the Ukrainians do. Um, I know that's a controversial thing to say, but uh, the Russian people actually uh, there's a lot of freedoms there now. Uh, The Ukrainian people boy, that's a I would I 
could conceive moving to Russia myself. <clears throat> I, uh, it goes against everything that I believe in, you know, Marxism-wise. But if I had to choose to move to Russia or Ukraine and had no other choices, I'd move to Russia. I wouldn't have anything to do with Ukraine. It wouldn't, uh, it, I wouldn't even consider it. But that's what I'm saying. That's yeah. the point I'm trying to make is that oh, okay. Ukraine is more free than we are, in a sense. But I wouldn't want to go there either. <laughs> I'm not no. sure what I'm saying. Yeah, there's no way. You know, I'm um, not one of these people, oh, if Joe Biden gets reelected, I'm moving out of the country type bullshit. Um, I'm just making a point that I, I, I guess my overall point is that I don't understand the, the reason that we keep injecting ourselves into all of these conflicts and thinking that we're the boss, that we get to tell Israel how they can defend themselves or not defend themselves, uh, how we can, we can say, hey, Ukraine is, it, it, it's in our national interest and in our, our national security interest for us to make sure that they uh, are not defeated by Russia. Well, but what does that mean? Mm -hmm. What does that mean to the everyday citizen? I mean, if Russia, if Russia takes over Ukraine, what does that have to do with someone in Butte, Montana? Or, or Kansas City, Missouri? Or Nashville, Tennessee. How is that protecting them? Yeah, or how is that negative towards them? There's a huge disconnection between why we're there to benefit our people or our states. And it just looks like it's for the state, you know, meaning the name of the United States. Yeah. Uh, uh, I completely disagree with it. You know, I, I think that if if we think that something's so important, then let our people fight there. If if I want to go and support Israel and and uh, fight against Hamas, let me go over there and do that on my own. You know, no government money. I can just go over there, be a mercenary or whatever. You know, let let the, let our people choose. If we want to go fight over in uh, Russia or in Ukraine to fight against the other country, then fine. No, let's not just have our troops uh, going over there and risking their lives when they don't care one way or the other. If I care, then let me fight. You know, uh, if I don't care, then don't make me fight. Right. Uh, you know, that's that's freedom. But we heard, yeah, so we heard... <clears throat> I don't know for ever. If Trump's elected, we'll be in World War Three. Never happened. Less people uh, were killed or injured in the Middle East. Uh, as a matter of fact, for 18 months, nobody. But now we're in, in a war in Ukraine. We're involved in a war in Israel. We're involved in a war in Yemen. Uh, we're, we're possibly going to be involved in a, a war in the Asian Pacific. I mean, why hasn't anybody mentioned that?
Why is there more emphasis put on that? Why is yeah. there more emphasis put on the fact that we could be involved in three or four major conflicts at any given moment? Yeah, wouldn't, wouldn't you think that would be all the presidential debates would be about? Yeah, they yeah. mention them, but it's not a, a huge topic. Well, yeah. So why bother watching, you know? Uh, the, to your point about... Because, damn, the economy is not going to matter. Worth, I mean, it's not going to be anything to worry about when you're freaking fighting four wars or, or a potential well, no. world war. Yeah. Damn well, the economy. The thing, <laughs> the thing is that we're fighting... Everything we're doing right now is with monopoly money. It's not real money. Uh, and at some point, that is all going to cave. Um, so... But with respect to the what is uh, going on with our people fighting in Ukraine right now and the Russian response, I happen to think that a lot of what is going on with Iran in the Middle East right now has to do with Russia and Russia backing them and Iran is getting more and more uh, aggressive with uh, trying to make moves on Saudi Arabia and on Israel. Which Russia, and, uh, which Russia uh, in my opinion, is backed by none other than China. Well, see, China and Pakistan and China and uh, Iran have a big trading uh, partner status and uh, arms uh, manufacturing. There's a lot of connections between uh, the, between China and those countries and Russia and those countries, um, and for different reasons. Um, so uh, you could almost look at what is happening in Israel right now is a proxy situation, except it's not. It's, it's its own set of dynamics, and it's been complicated by a proxy situation. So I think that is very likely to blow up. Uh, I, think that the, I think the U.S., the Russia, and China would rather have things blow up in Israel and have a regional war than to have things get worse in Ukraine or get worse in Southeast Asia. Uh, that's my own opinion. Uh, that could be the uh, calculus behind it all. And if I'm right, then of course, you know what that make, puts the United States is, we're fighting the guy that needs to be our own, our only. Uh, ally in that area. You know, Biden's intentionally causing problems for Israel. Uh, so he's the only one who doesn't understand all of this stuff. Yeah, I, I think it's pretty clear that Joe Biden is uh, is not... I think it's... it's uh, uh, it stems from the Obama administration. They're not pro-Israel. And so I, I think if I think you're right, if you pay attention to what's going on, 
they're undermining Netanyahu and the Israelis at every point. They're making it look like they're not by, you know, saying we're doing this and we're doing that. But, I mean, Antony Blinken doesn't go to Israel to tell them you have our support. Uh, several times. I mean, why is that guy going there to begin with? I, I get his position. I understand. But again, why, why don't we know what those conversations consist of taking out anything that might be classified? Uh, and, and are you really going and telling Netanyahu, hey, it's your country, we understand, you can defend yourself, um, that's none of our business. However, you know, maybe we'd like to see some sort of diplomatic solution, but again, we've talked about how who, who is the one that always wanted to go to the table and who was always backstabbed and who was always attacked? It wasn't provoked mm -hmm. by the Israelis. All the provocation came from the other side. Right. So how many times are you going to attempt to do that? And, and let's not forget that Donald Trump was brokering the Abraham Accords and, and, and the first time for the first time. Right. Had actually had peace agreements between these Middle Eastern countries. And all of that fell apart under this administration. All you gotta do is see what's going on in the Middle East and, and you yeah. don't you can't argue that. Well, I, I really do think that Netanyahu ought to have the freedom to tell uh Inkin, Blinken and Nod to screw themselves and yeah. stay out of his country. Mm-hmm. Um his strongest ally now is Saudi Arabia. Um, even though you never hear about them, uh, that I, I think that there's a real possibility because Saudi Arabia is a stronger uh, long-term ally. If you had to choose between Iran and Saudi Arabia. A long term, you've got to choose Saudi Arabia. Uh, at, at least our country does. So that's really the path. And, and he is meaning uh, Ben Salman. He is a much better ally for Netanyahu long-term. So those two guys are, are probably working on things uh, unknown to other people uh, because they, they have to know that they're the only people who are serious who are on each other's side. Uh, well, isn't it isn't it that the only the only uh, thing between uh, Iran getting to Saudi Arabia is Israel? The only thing that could get that prevents Iran from from taking over basically the whole entire area 
including Saudi Arabia, is Israel. Oh, so that's from, a from a military yes, perspective. Yes, yes, sorry. Right, yeah. yeah, that's correct. From an economic perspective, no, but from a military perspective, yes. So it, it, Because it, you it, don't think, it, you know, everybody it's thinks kind that. Of, it's kind of like China and Russia, if you look at it. Because Russia is a, a very strong military ally to have because they have nukes. But the economy of China is so much bigger and stronger. So Israel has nukes, as well as a lot of really great military hardware. But Saudi Arabia has some really great military hardware, too, but they don't have nukes. And they also have a very good economy. Right. So that's sort of the dynamic of those two, even though they're not at the power structure level of, of China and uh, Russia. Right. But if... If those two can bridge the time between now and who knows when without the U.S., they get stronger and stronger and the U.S. gets weaker and weaker. So there's enough other uh, democracies, republics in the world who would rather see that dynamic work out between those two countries than have Iran uh, involved in anything, that those other countries will gradually go in and fill uh, the gap that the United States leaves behind. Uh, I, at least I'm hoping that that's the case. But what we have now with this whole talk with uh, Blinken and these morons, and including Biden, is this whole, oh, we, do, we can't do anything without a two-state solution. Okay, so what's the second state? What's, what's their structure of government look like? Who's, who's going to be in charge of that government? Uh, are, are you telling me that Gaza right now is ready to be a, a, the state of Palestine? Because I don't think so. I don't think anyone's in charge there that anyone wants to be. You know, it's just a, a rogue state. They're just a bunch of pirates running around. So... That's just a red herring. They're saying two-state solution because that's what the so-called Palestinians want, who are from everywhere except Palestine. What they want is a, a separate power that's in a state that is right next to Israel. That's what all those clowns want. So Iran doesn't want that. Or, or I mean, Iraq does not want that. The... Uh, Saudi Arabia does not want it, um, but it makes it far easier if Iran can keep pouring money through there and just keep it a, a terrorist state. So they're trying to force something on Netanyahu that makes no sense at all. They, they, our people cannot even describe what a Palestinian state would look like right now. Those questions that I just asked, they don't have answers to it. It's just something, oh, well, let's talk about this. Well, that's talking about something that needs to happen for sure. But first of all, we need to take care of the problem that's in front of us. Uh, so I, I think that what we'll hopefully see is that we'll see things firm up between Israel and Saudi Arabia 
and the other Arab states that are not on the way to Marxism or Marxist already, or led by these mullahs. Um, so if you look like Turkey is a Marxist state, uh, Syria, uh, Iran's definitely with the mullahs and everything, they're not going to be an ally. But if you look at like uh, Libya, Egypt, um, even maybe Pakistan, uh, the uh, uh, Qatar, yeah, some some other regional areas that are they're either a uh, a republic, uh, a democracy of some sort, or they're a monarchy like Saudi Arabia. Those those Arab states could have their own alliance that will split against other Arab states like Iran. Because the future of their economies uh, and the well-being of their people, as well as military, the path forward through Israel is much easier uh, and much brighter than the pathway without Israel and trying to stay all together as a bunch of Arabs in, this, in the same boat. So we already have Egypt and uh, Saudi Arabia and Qatar and a few others, UAE, who already know what I'm saying. I mean, that's why you have, the, have Egypt so concerned about these crazy Palestinian people. Uh, and, and I don't mean that derisively toward people who are really Palestinian. I'm talking about the posers who are from from Iran and Syria and everywhere else mm -hmm. who are saying they're Palestinian, but they're really terrorists working in Gaza. You know, Egypt doesn't want anything to do with those people coming into Egypt. And Egypt's closing their border and they don't mind Israel. Isn't that funny? Watching their well, it is you know, because they're, they're protecting their border and uh yeah, and we don't. We don't. Yeah. So, but that's the dynamic that has shifted. And enough time has gone by that uh, Egypt and Saudi Arabia and a few others recognize now that their future is better with Israel as a trading partner uh, and an economic ally and a military ally mm -hmm. than having them be their enemy. Yeah. Israel on on their own is this teeny tiny little country actually contributes more to their well-being than all of the other Arab states that are not aligned with them combined. That's a huge thing. Yeah. And if if those folks can bring that off without the United States at the table, then we just became irrelevant in the Middle East. And maybe that's a good thing. I mean, that was kind of the point of the Abraham Accords, really. Yeah. The intent was to let these people work things out themselves. Instead, we're trying to undermine it. But 
you know, if we just let them work it out and and they become much stronger without us, then wonderful. But if they if they become stronger and better off without us, in spite of ourselves, well, then we're more of an enemy, right? Then they keep talking to, uh, you know, Saudi Arabia works a lot with uh, Russia. So, well, we we have the. You know, the narrative that if Putin takes Ukraine, he's not going to stop there. He's going to go on to Poland and, you know, whatever. Well, if we don't do, if we don't stop Iran, how do we know that Iran's not going to go from, okay, Israel, uh, Saudi Arabia, Pakistan? uh, I mean, how do we know? But we, we don't make a big deal out of that as much as we do with Putin and Ukraine. But they're very similar. You get my point? I don't understand why the Ukraine is so important. And we have to make sure that, that Putin doesn't get power in Ukraine and take over Ukraine because then he's going to go after all the other surrounding you know, countries, blah, blah, blah. But when it comes to Israel, oh, well, Netanyahu, you need to cease fire and you need to stand down and you need to recognize the Palestinian state. Um, damn the, the attacks that happened to you and, and the, the children and women and all the other young people that were killed, that's irrelevant. So he has to open himself up to you know, being annihilated and if that happens, how do we know that Iran doesn't march further from there? Why is anybody saying, hey, we need to really, really need to pay attention to what, what is going on and what the long-term uh, effects and, and possibilities may be? I, I don't hear any of that. All I hear is ceasefire and... and you know, we need a, a diplomatic solution, and you need to you need to stand down. Yeah, that's and I all th- left wing. Well, but thankfully, uh, Netanyahu is his own person and doesn't need someone telling him what to do. Because I think he knows better. I mean, he's dealt with these people for years. Yeah. Not that, not that the United States doesn't have intel and, and doesn't understand. But, but, but what would people say if America was attacked and Benjamin Netanyahu went on television and told the United States, cease fire, you need to solve this diplomatically, um, and, and you know people were protesting in the streets of Israel. Do you think anybody here would want to hear that? No. Not at all. No. What gives us the right to interfere with their, their uh, version of what their own country's defense should be? Yeah, I, see, I, I think that's what Netanyahu ought to say. He, he obviously doesn't want to offend an ally. No, and I get that, the, dip, the, yeah. you know, the political On side. the other hand... Yeah. On the other hand, there's a whole lot of people here who, if they heard those words, they're more likely 
to line up with what I said about, hey, if you want to go fight for Israel, go. It, it, if we had freedom in this country, that's what that would free up. Yeah. If you and I wanted to go over there in Israel and take up arms and go fight for Netanyahu against whoever the enemy is, we'd be allowed to. Mm-hmm. We wouldn't be stopped. Um, I think there's a lot of folks who would be more motivated if Netanyahu would step up and say, screw you, Joe Biden. This is our country, you know. Uh, and, and maybe not in this country. Maybe it'd be from other countries. Yeah. You know, it, it's, it is about time people started telling this country to go pound sand. Uh, because we don't respect other countries uh, the way we want to be respected. And if our country keeps acting the way we have been the last 30 years, 40 years, 50 years, uh, we're all, hell, we're already not respected in a lot of places. Uh, we may not be respected anywhere by the time this clown's out of office. Uh, you know, it, I'd rather see the country be what it really is, where it represents the views and the positions of the people who live here, our citizens. Uh, you know, and, and we just, we've got a minority of very small-minded people with their own agenda on how to make money and control people. And they know nothing about running a country. They've, they've never run anything in their entire lives other than other people's lives. Uh, so this whole Marxist takeover of the Democrat Party uh, and factions of both parties, uh, I just assume, you know, go ahead and have our own war between the people who want freedom and the people who don't. And uh, fight that war. And, and leave everyone else in the world the hell alone. Let them figure it out. Uh, but that's my view on it. It's it's remarkably similar to my view on climate change, actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just so tired of hearing about it. I'm like, okay, uh, I'm ready to give you a solution. You, you may not like the solution, but I, I'm tired of talking about it. So, uh but I, I would like to see some some things in concrete between Saudi Arabia and Israel develop out of all of this, and I'd rather see it sooner than later. Uh, if so, that puts a lot of pressure on uh, our country to either uh, shit or get off the pot. Either help them or stay the hell out of it. Um, it'll give them way more, meaning Israel and Saudi Arabia, it'll give them way more bargaining power if uh, those two guys can sit on TV next to one another and say, we've worked this out. This is our plan. Well, I'll say uh, this, and I'll make this prediction now. If Joe Biden is reelected president of the United States, I truly believe that things are going to escalate for us. In what region and what war, I have no idea. Uh, but I think his re- if he's reelected, that we're, we're in deep trouble. 
not only on uh, uh, the war front, but economically, uh, the, the main reason that we started this, uh, freedom-wise, I mean, I think that this is probably uh, more important, the most important election that we've had, even more so than 2016. I don't yeah. think, because I, 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 I think if Hillary Clinton would have been the president, <clears throat> uh, she's, not, she's not stupid enough to do what Joe Biden does. Now, I could be completely wrong. I, I, I'm saying that we could survive a Hillary Clinton and a Hillary Clinton re-election. But I don't think we can survive a Joe Biden re-election. The people that, that work for him or that he works for, let's put it that way, uh, I think they want conflict and they want chaos and upheaval because that gives them more leeway to have that Marxist state. It gives them more, they can make it happen faster. You know, well, they'll, fast, they'll fast track it. It'll be easier for, for them to fast track it. Whereas now, we still have enough freedom left uh, and enough people, you know, handfuls of decent people that are, are preventing them from basically putting us into that position. And it's all in the name of re-election. Well, yeah. We, we have a Marxist state. Barely. I mean, the, the Marxists control every uh, branch of government and uh, it, it, some sort of Marxism, Marxist policy controls uh, basically everything in our economy and our politics and uh, even military. Uh, but they don't have a firm grasp on everything. It's like we're caught in the bear trap. You know, the, the Marxist bear got our leg. But we can still get out of the trap. We, we need to pry it apart. And we, we can. We haven't lost our foot. We haven't bled to death. We're not gnawing our foot off, you know try to come up with some analogy that says we can still save ourselves. We can still free ourselves from being a Marxist state. But if we don't stop it, then that trap begins to rust. It begins to set foot in. We've got gangrene. We don't recover. We can't get out of it. Because the only way to fight Marxism is to fight it sooner rather than later. So if we don't start to work getting out of the trap now to get free, not more free, but free, then we'll stay stuck in the, in the Marxist state. And the end of it will, won't be good. 
Oh, uh, well, yeah, it, it, it just won't. And not for not for us, and definitely not for the rest of the world, because there isn't anyone out there who is free other than us, and we're not even free anymore. So we, we're going to have to do something pretty big, you know. We're going to have to show other countries not not don't do what we say, but do what we're doing. We have to cut, start doing things to take over. You know, literally take over. None of this, go out and fight for the next election, you know. No. Probably going to have to fight. <laughs> right? Probably going to yes. have, you know, instead of having a, a fake, um, what is that called? The, the I Oh, insurrection. I've made fun of it for so long. I've almost called it a resurrection. But, you know, rather than a fake uh, insurrection, and fake riots. Maybe we need to have real riots. I mean, the Democrats did it all summer. Never seemed to cause them any problems. Yeah. Why aren't we do? Why don't we do that? Um, I, I'm just saying we're going to have to be something that is a model for other countries to say, "Well, look what they did. They got so fed up with it. Even America did this." Mm-hmm. Because it's it's not going to be some some vote where you take, you know, 52% of the House and 53% of the Senate, you know, just that's not it. Yeah. You got to be able to control things for a while. No, uh, and I think with that being said, too, that we're relying on politicians to get us out of what they put us into. Well, precisely. The doctor that gave us COVID is going to save us from COVID, you know, with their vaccine that gave us COVID. Yeah, yeah right. Exactly. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. And, and if we look at, you know, the Federal Reserve is, is just another central bank. So if you look at all the central banks around the world, they're all part of the same system, the central bankers. And they cause economic problems. They caused the great. They caused the Great Depression to get great. So they they want to make depressions great again, <laughs> so that they can switch over to digital currency. Yeah, you know, that's their way. That's their route forward to controlling. Uh, why are people around the world. Ron? Why are people so passive when it comes to that kind of stuff? Well, they don't understand it. Well, I mean, why are why are we not? You know how hard it is to explain it. I mean, I try to in my in various pieces of it in my books, and I'm like, wow. This By the is... way, I think we ought to. I, I'm I'm gonna announce your, uh, if you don't mind, where to find your book, your books. Oh, uh, okay. So, in case anybody want is interested, um, and you can explain if you want to. You don't have to, because uh, your website probably does. Reharlow.com right. is where you can find Ron's books. Um, and and I'm sure they're exceptional. But my question is, why why aren't people more concerned about AI and digital currency? And, and I don't know. If, I think part of it is maybe they don't understand it. 
The other part is maybe they're not paying attention, which is one of the biggest causes of why we're in trouble in this country is because people just aren't paying attention. And Yeah. You know, and, and, and that's what I tried to explain to my father when it came to the boomer generation. I know you don't like this topic because uh, you're, you're kind of on the border of, of that era. But as I gave him the credit for what the boomer generation built and, and what they gave to the, the generations that followed, Again, I say, during that time, they weren't paying attention. Now, you could probably say that about the generation before the boomers. Because they were, they were, their focus was drawn to, you know, the world war or, you know, having to to raise a family. Because back then Mm -hmm. it was a, you know, just the male work. The, the, yeah, the great, the greatest generation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, you know, the, the, the mother was, or, or the wife or significant other was in the home raising the kids and taking care of, you know, all that stuff while the man was out fighting and then they, you know, came back and, and went to work to raise their families. So there's a little bit of, uh, there's a little bit of blame to go around, even for my generation which is what they label the last greatest generation. Um, we kind of did the same thing. But it wasn't, it wasn't related to politics as, as much as it was to our children. We were, we were worried about uh, continuing what the baby boomers did and wanting our kids to have a better future than what we had, a better life than what we had. Um, and they, they were, you know, they were gamers and they were social, uh, what do they call them, uh, influencers. Now they're all influencers and all this other stuff. So we weren't paying attention either. And I think that that's our biggest mistake from generation to generation is that we're not paying attention to what's going on behind the curtain. Well, I think that it's just part of being a human being, honestly. Well, of course, we have lives. You know, we all have stuff going on. Yeah, you get so busy fighting Mm -hmm, on the alligators that you forget to drain swamp. And we all... It happens to all of us. It's just part of being a human. Right. And and you don't usually recognize it until you get your 50s and you say, oh, my God, did I ever screw up dates with junior, junior? Or I never did learn how to train a dog right. Or, you know, why didn't I start my company when I was 30? <laughs> you know? Yeah. We all, we all have stuff and like you're that. You're explaining and my like, life in a nutshell. <laughs> well, that's because I flipped it. Yeah, so right. We all, we all do of some point right yeah. so um and so so you understand i'm not saying that to be offensive i'm just saying that that's what really happens yeah and my you know my my father took it highly offensive uh and and you know that's that's because liberals you know take everything to heart but i don't mean it to be as negative as it sounds 
because like you said, we all have, you know, certain things that happen in our lives with our families and our jobs and, you know, whatever. And, and again, it's not that I'm asking everyone to be neck deep in these subjects and, and have every bit of knowledge because we have other things to do. We have more, you know, we have our children and, and our families that, that we want to spend time with and we have to work so we can make money to do those things. But we have to pay attention and we have to understand that a lot of the things that these people are making decisions on that affect our daily lives are not making things better. They've actually gotten worse and they continue yeah. to get worse. Yeah. I mean, it's easy for some dude and, and 500 and some other people to be sitting around deciding whether or not we should go to war. I mean, we should be involved in that. You know, we should, we should be involved in how much taxes we actually pay. Well, yeah, it, there's got to be this stopping, stop the thought of I can trust whoever's in charge of that, or may, maybe not trust, but I can rely that someone, whoever's in charge of that, I can, I can rely on them to watch out for us because no, you can't. That thought of us as America and Americans changed. And I I still think that we can't be all beating ourselves up on it because I still marvel at the fact that the great Rush Limbaugh missed it. Limbaugh never thought the country could be lost to Marxists. And yet we did. Yeah. And no one knew it. Or, well, very few of us did. Uh, but he didn't. He, he had no idea what, what happened was going to happen. He was completely in the dark. Mm-hmm. Um, and he didn't die too far short of that election happening. I think he would have been shocked, actually, because he had no idea, no inkling that this country had gone that bad. Um, so the rest of us have to stop being so hard on ourselves and on others because if he missed it, and he's watching this stuff in the minutia day right. after day yeah. after day, right? Yeah. I mean, I never, I used to tell my dad, I don't have time to listen to Rush Lambeau. I work. You know? Yeah. Um, and, and I get it. I, you get so busy doing things that you... You know, I, I can't think of a time that I had time to sit around and listen to him. I don't have time. Is it Bongino that has that time now? Um, I, I can't find the time in the day to listen to Bongino. Yeah, no. Yeah, any time that I ever listen, yeah, anytime <laughs> I ever listen to uh, Rush, and, and I wasn't a huge fan. I mean, I, I, you know, I admire the guy for his accomplishments, and I think he had a good heart and, and stuff like that. He just sometimes is a little over top for me. I say that about Sean Hannity and some others. Sure. Uh, which doesn't make them bad people. You know, they just, they're a little bit more extreme than, than I care to. Well, they don't speak to you, and that's fine. Yeah, yeah. You don't speak to everyone. Yeah, you don't yeah. have 
But I would well, listen to well, him. Neither one of our followers, you know, follows us that closely anyway. Yeah, so. for sure. But I listened to them <laughs> when uh, when I was uh, driving to work or home from work because I, you know, sometimes I drove a couple hours away uh, in in my previous employment, and so I had a little bit of time and. But that was it. It's not like I sit at home and, and listen to, you know, talk radio or I sit and watch, you know, the news all the time, which I don't because I don't have cable. But um, I, I pay attention enough to understand and know the issues and, and the things that our country is facing, just like you. And uh, I, I wasn't always that way. But as my kids started to grow older, as I start to get older, and I, I pay attention because I, I do want their, their generation to, and my kids to have a, a better life than I did. I, I don't think any parent out there, unless you're just a deadbeat parent, doesn't want your kids to have a better lifestyle and, and better chances than you did. Um, I don't. I think that goes back generations. Uh, so I started to get interested in this kind of stuff, but I've always been interested in history and um, and things of that nature. But when I really started to pay attention, I was like, "Wait a minute, something's just not adding up here," because. Cycle after cycle, we always hear about the American dream, and we always hear about a brighter future, and we always hear about how this person's going to make our lives, uh, you know, easier, and and it's you know, economy's going to be better, and you're going to be making more money, or we're going to have plenty of jobs. We've heard that forever, and why is it that we've heard it forever? Well, because none of these people are accomplishing anything and they're either lying or they're just too stupid to know how to fix things or is it that they just don't want to fix things because they know that if we keep things going the way they are then we we have all the power and control mm -hmm. and damn the constitution i mean i don't see a lot of people talking or having conversations or news reports or articles or anything like that that really brings up the constitution very often no yeah i and and i think i, I think we are in we are in the era of 1776 all over again Yeah, I think that we shouldn't uh, shouldn't say we, but folks who align with, uh, I guess you could say, conservatism or more conservatism or uh, something like uh, Rush Limbaugh, for example. I think that that group of folks, the non-Marxists is maybe what I should say is we, people who don't want to be Marxists. 
I think we've seriously overestimated the number of people in this country who value and will fight for freedom. Uh, and I don't know how badly, but I think that given how little pushback there is with respect to uh, getting in the way of our First Amendment rights, Second Amendment rights, what have you, the, the little amount of pushback that went on during COVID, uh, I think we've got a country full of lemmings uh, who are too afraid of their own shadow to even speak up. The hell with fighting with guns and knives or whatever. Uh, they won't even fight with words. They're intimidated by someone saying, oh, you can't say that on Facebook. You can't say that on Twitter. Yeah. Um, you know, we can't say that on live TV. You ever go you through your... You, you can't ever... even say... Like the guy that... Uh, one of the football players last weekend uh, with uh, one of the teams said something about, I want to thank my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And, and uh, NBC cut it. Oh, of course they did. Didn't include that part of the interview uh, on the air. Wow. I'm like, okay. So you can't, where's the pushback there? Well, but you know, where, is the, where is the uh, inclusiveness? Yeah, exactly. If, if he would have said, praise the law, I, I guarantee it, it would have been kept in there. Or, you know, I'm, I'm not a religious person. I just think that... Uh, I just think whoever that we had the right players on the field to get that done. Well, fine. That would have been on there. There's something specific about Christianity. And, and actually, uh, uh, Jewish people, that even Jewish people are in favor of cutting Jewish people out. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's the, it's the separation of the Jewish race from the Jewish religion. They look at those who look at themselves as a Jewish race are are fine with not adhering to the Jewish religion. Mm -hmm. That is pretty much the dividing line we have in our country. And that's pretty much the difference between Jews who are Democrat and Jews versus uh, Jews who are Republican. You have the practicing Jews or the Republicans and the non-practicing Jews that just see themselves as, you know, somehow or another by blood, they're uh, of Jewish origin, either from Israel or some other part of the world with Jewish blood. It, it's a genealogy thing. And, and those folks are Democrats. Um, and and uh, I'm overgeneralizing, but the big picture of things is that that statement's true. Um, so to get back on point, we do not have people who are willing to fight back and push back. Uh, not even even the folk, even to the point that we are. You know, we're and, and we're not on we're not Fox News. We're not. Uh, 
Well, I swear, I swear, yeah, no, but I swear that when I, uh, when Donald Trump won the Iowa caucus and, and Ramaswamy came out, he said something that, that we've said on this show numerous times. And, and whether he, I'm not saying he listened to this show, but, but it's awfully, um, coincidental that we've said on this show that it's ne it was never intended for we the people to fear the government. It was supposed to be the opposite way around. That's exactly mm -hmm. what he said, almost obviously in different terms, but exactly what we said. And, and I think that we have been made to fear fighting back. Yes. And, and even more so with January 6th. Oh, you think you're going to question, uh, you know, what we do? Just like, just like the, the nonstop bombardment of examples that they're, they're using with Trump. Oh, you think uh, you outsiders are going to come in here and tell us what to do? Mm -hmm. Well, look what, what, what the answer is. Look what happens when you try to push back. Yeah. You know, due process, uh, equal justice, none of that's relevant. Yeah, they're willing to do anything. And, and I think the only way to fight back when those are the rules is that you have to be willing to do anything also. And, and if no. there's any Democrats or liberals listening, let me assure you that sooner or later, that is going to happen to you. You may not think so. And you may think it's all funny and, and shits and grins, and, but when it comes down to it and they fear that, that the people are gaining momentum and that the people are fed up to a point that they may do something, you're going to be included in that same deplorable basket that you all put us in. Well, I've got a great example that backs that up 100%. And that is uh, the, the French Revolution, which followed ours. Um, they used a, uh, they had a committee on public safety in France. Can, can you believe that? I mean, really. Uh, it sounds like something right out of out of this decade. But at any rate, their committee on public safety had their their most active member was a guy named Maximilian Robespierre. And he personally launched most of the bloodshed of the beheadings in France that ultimately led to you know their monarchs being beheaded. And something like 17,000 people were beheaded in France uh, as they, you know, made their way through the aristocracy and, and folks who, you know, someone had a grievance against, which is, you know, that sounds like a great idea to me here, personally. I mean, uh, maybe only 16,000 instead of 17. I'm willing to negotiate, but, you know. <laughs> The, but the concept of it all is that, you know, 
the people in charge there were mighty scared of the people by the time that was over. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the bloodlust that got uh, loosed in French society was, was terrible for the country. And they ended up going right back to some sort of, you know, well, you know, later on, uh, Napoleon took over. Uh, but Maximilian Robespierre thought it was just fine being able to execute all these people, had all this power in his in his little hands and everything, very tiny little hands like Marco Rubio. And uh, <laughs> then all of a sudden somebody launched a complaint against him. And all of a sudden he wasn't so safe in the Committee on Public Safety. And guess what? Robespierre got beheaded. So, you know, people consider him like you're talking about Democrats now. You know, it, your time can come too. Well, do you remember, um, do you remember when uh, during the whole Russia Gate bullcrap, they uncovered the emails where, uh, I think it was the only two emails left out of the 33,000 that Hillary destroyed. But I'm pretty sure it was from between her and Podesta and uh, the DNC where they were calling their own voters pretty much stupid. You remember that? Where the, they, yes. were, they, they, you know, they, they didn't call them deplorables. They called them pretty much stupid. Yeah. And, and I hate to say, I'm not quite sure she was wrong. Because those stupid people continue to support the people that called them stupid. Exactly. And, and they don't get it. No matter how many times you try to have that conversation, and, and man, my dad was fired up when I, when I threw out all these, you know, facts. And they're not my facts. They're things that I've, I've looked up, I've studied, I, I've put some effort into. And uh, that's when he started to yell at me. And, you know, of course, he made that comment to my sister, but that, that's what they do. Well, yeah, take you it know, personally. They, 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 being the Democrats and, and the mass media... When Donald Trump said, I could walk out onto Fifth Avenue or whatever and shoot someone and people would still vote for me, obviously he was doing that tongue-in-cheek. But they, you know, the, the media ran with that just to another reason to make him look bad. But the Democrats would actually allow that and vote for that person if it actually, if they meant it and they did it. Like Donald Trump, Donald Trump's not uh, uh, a person that I fear or a person that I believe is going to walk out onto the street and shoot someone and say, I've still got your vote because I am a person who thinks for myself. And if he did that, I would expect him to be in prison for murder. And I would certainly wouldn't vote for him. But on the other hand, Uh, those weak-minded people would probably, if Joseph Biden, the greatest 
Democrat to ever run for president based on the amount of votes that he received, based on the fact that at least one Democrat that I know is going to vote for him for re-election, and most of the other fools will probably do the same thing, he could literally walk out of the White House, shoot somebody, turn around, go back in, and they'd vote for him the next day. Mm-hmm. Where opposed to me, I, I would say put the guy in jail, and uh, I'm not voting for him, if it were Donald Trump. We certainly know they don't, yeah. they don't respect the rule of law. I mean, Menendez was on, on the floor... Senate floor the other a few days ago, defending himself. When when they have, why if you did nothing wrong, why are you hiding gold bars in the stitching of clothing and you know? We all know the guy's guilty, but yet they're they're not holding him accountable. Now, I'd like to see whatever that stuff is so that I can make my own decision. I think it's been damn long enough. Um, whether, I'm, in a way, it's, it's an argument to be fair to him is that where's the trial? You know, he, well, and he, he did say that. He said, being, I've not been convicted yeah. in a court of law. Yeah, he's he's been suspected of doing some pretty bad things for a long time. A long time, yeah. And, you know, so what? You know, he's also in a very corrupt state. So is he guilty or not? You know, I I don't like innuendo. No, but but they did that with Trump. The judge actually did that. Oh, yeah. The judge in his case is, I, I don't think I've seen anything... So out of line in the uh, judicial branch uh, as the Trump stuff. And it's convinced me that the judicial branch is way worse than I ever thought it was. I mean, I knew it was bad. I had no idea it was as unaccountable as it is and so corrupt. uh, That's why I I have to think that if, if people aren't concerned about what's happening to him, then we, we've fallen a lot further than I thought we ever would as a nation. See, and that's, and that's a great point because when I was taking my uh, criminal justice courses and I was reading the textbooks, they talked about the amount of corruption. And I was blown away that I was even reading, even reading this type of things in the textbooks that the corruption in, in our judicial system and in our jail system and in our police departments and in, you know, uh, the federal system and, and how low they spoke about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and how much... So when, when you're sitting here and you're having these conversations and you talk about but, being conditioned... But, hey. But that was a long time ago. Uh, 2015? Yeah. 16? Oh, I thought it was like 2006. No, oh, no, no. Sorry. 2000, 
so I went to school between 2015 and 2019. Okay, sorry. I Somewhere in that range. Somewhere in that. But, but they were talking how how all of this needed reformed. Now a lot of it was based around you know racism, of course. But it wasn't focused on that specific thing. That was just part of it. Uh, but I was blown away by how negatively they looked at our judicial system and the people within it. But you had to sit there and you had to really pay attention. You know, some people can scan through stuff and, and catch on. But I'm reading this and, and I'm, I'm pausing and I'm, I'm t soaking this stuff in. And I'm like, man. You know, I never realized. Uh, that our DOJ and our federal, our federal system and our judicial system and, and local courts and all uh, police departments and sheriff's departments are, you know, not all of them are bad. So I, I'm not painting with a broad brush again. I'm just saying that I never realized that, hey, this stuff is really going on. Mm -hmm. And I mean, they, they got into specifics and, and, and cases and, and, you know, incidents at uh, prisons in the prison system and all kinds of other stuff. And like I said, even into terrorism, uh, because that was, uh, you know, terrorism was still going on and, and people, a lot of people are still dying, you know. So, um, as I mentioned, they didn't define terrorism. They didn't even have a definition for it at the time that I was studying. I, I still got all my old textbooks. And I'm like, I didn't even know that. But why is it they can't define what terrorism is? Is it because they're afraid to offend someone? You know, they have to, they have to make sure that it's not, uh, it's not geared towards a certain segment of society, say Muslims or, or whatever, Middle Eastern people. Um, so they've got to they've figure out a way that <clears throat> terrorism is inclusive. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I think the truth is that the term terrorist is more of a political term than a legal term. Well, they've made it into a, a, a legal term. Mainly because yeah. you can be now deemed as a domestic terrorist. Yeah. Even based on your speech. Yeah. You don't even have to commit, you know, a terrorist act. Even a hate crime, you know. It, if something's a hate crime, you know, a murder, for example. Why, why is that a hate crime? But it's is a murder. It, but, okay. but, right. but I can define what terrorism is. If you, could, if you commit a crime that... that instills fear in anyone. You are terrorizing them. There's, it doesn't have to be a roadside bomb or, you know, blowing up a building or, you know, cutting someone's head off uh, in the name of Allah or, or Jesus Christ or anything like that. If you commit a crime that terrorizes someone and puts fear in them, you're a terrorist. Mm-hmm. So there really shouldn't even be a definition for that. It's just, like you said, it's just a, 
a manipulation and a, a uh, yeah. exaggeration of the language. Well, yeah. Technically, you can do something that's legal that puts that terrorizes. If someone. you carjack someone, you are yeah. terrorizing them. Well, if, if, you, if you execute if, someone for committing murder in the uh, electric chair, you're terrorizing sure. them, even though you're doing a legal act. So you know, it, it just is the difference between legal and illegal and i want to stick with you know right and wrong versus uh political terms exactly well that's the, i guess that's the real so, point is it not yeah yeah so if mm -hmm. someone's committed murder then why don't we just say they committed murder and not have this bullshit hate crime stuff <laughs> it's murder you know but what if I you kill your spouse a lot of us well, what a lot of us know is that things are done in states, municipalities, et cetera, that are different from state to state. And the, the thought federally is that something ought to be punished more heavily than locally. And they want the right for the federal people to be able to step in and charge someone for something that's a... a hate crime to enhance something from maybe being a uh, a lower level misdemeanor or felony to something that's a higher level so they can be punished more. That's really all it's about is sentencing enhancement, right? Yeah. Um, so that if, if, if a group of guys go beat up some kid who's gay because he's gay and kills him, uh, it's murder, but in that state, it's uh, it's murder, but they don't have the death penalty. Uh, or it's some sort of conspiracy or something. But at any rate, they, they have a, a possibility of being out on parole in 10 to 15 years. Okay. I'm, I'm making this up. Right. Pulling it out yeah, of yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, then you can have the DOJ step in and say, oh, no, 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 we don't like that at all. We're going to do a hate crime because... They did this theoretically because he was gay. So we're going to try that instead. And they're going to try to do a sentencing enhancement for a hate crime because the guy's gay. And, and they're going to try to pin something on him that they'll serve, let's say it's 30 years uh, before they're, uh, they can make parole. You know, I get some of the point of that because, let's face it, some areas they don't punish people enough. But it's a lack of honesty, in my view, that I think murder's murder. You get, you know, the, the same people who are all for sentencing enhancements, all of a sudden they don't want to do the death penalty either. So they're not that serious about making, about equity in, in uh, sentencing. They just want to pick and choose what they can go after. They'll never try to put a, uh, somebody to death because they oppose the death penalty. So it, it's just, I hate the word hypocrisy, but it's not equal justice under the law. And I think that my personal view of it is, is that rather than trying to have some sort of a, a hate crime aspect 
why not have some sort of sentencing uh, minimums or fight it some other way in the legislature of that state to get something turned around? I'm much more in favor of that um, than this crazy crap with that sort of sentencing. Well, um, it's just like with, with my dad telling my sister what he did. Yeah. Just because I happen to be standing in the vicinity of a rally. In, and yeah. And I, yeah, I'm in a public I'm in a public place. If something breaks out and I'm in a public place, that doesn't make me guilty. Well because I happen to be there, there when, when like, some shit went down. So would he feel the same way if you were there during a Black Lives Matter riot? You know, I don't I I I get the point that you're trying to make, but I, I think that's irrelevant. And and the and what I mean by that is if I were to pose that question to him or any Democrat, the the you know what the answer would be? Well, they were they were protesting over legitimate concerns and you know legitimate reasons in in their opinion that that's what i'm saying yeah so, so they don't equate no, their opinion with ours there's no, there's no reason to even ask that question you'd be wasting your time well yeah because they they don't look at us as co-equal humans with the same rights and privileges under the constitution it's their way or else. That's my point. Yeah, and exactly. They'll make excuses 100%. for one another. Yeah, yeah. They'll they'll make excuses for their side of things to do things that they would never uh, back us up for uh, under identical circumstances. Only we did it for a different set of reasons. Um, yeah, if we went, so if we that, went and protested, that's not justice, though. That's not equal justice under the law. Well, no. If we went and protested a white guy getting shot by the cops, you know, we'd probably be thrown in jail. Yeah. But why? If, if they have the right to assemble and and uh, the freedom to assemble and the freedom of speech and. Uh, be able to air their grievances in the way that they did for an entire summer, why can't we do the same thing? Well, my, my point... Because we're evil white people? Because we're evil white my, people? My point is that I uh, honestly think that we should. I mean, I, I, I would do it just to... I would, I would just do it to run a test. Let's just let's just meet in in Times Square and protest, I don't know, transgenders in women's sports. And let's see how fast the cops show up and break up that that protest. I'm not saying burn stuff, I'm not saying I'm just saying uh, you know, let's see how fast uh, not to mention how fast the cops would get there and break it up, but how fast the other side who is for uh, transgender and women's sports and how they act compared to how the other people act. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, just a test. Just a, 
just a yeah a little survey <laughs> A little survey. Pick a cause. Yeah. Pick a cause, any cause. Yeah. Yeah. It just it won't be treated equally. It's just that I think that at some point, people who want freedom are going to have to be willing to go out and do something that's uncomfortable. But can they overcome like the fear factor? That's what I'm concerned about is that I don't think that I, I think they're too comfortable in cowering. Um, and it's disgusting. It is. Yeah. I, I really wonder sometimes when we hang up and we're done, I really wonder, was that two or three hours wasted? Are, are we just really wasting? You know, I, I go through the same thing, but I, I, I think that if we if we continue that and, and again, I, I don't know how many people listen to our show. I don't really care. I'm not in it for that. If I can change the mindset of three people, one, to be able to, to think on their own, to not go with the flow, to push back a little bit, to be engaged, I, 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 I consider that a win. Because how many people is that person going to affect? You know what I mean? It's kind of like, one one bad review can make or break a company, but ten great reviews are not such a big deal. So if I get one person to say, hey, you know, I, I kind of understand where these guys are coming from, and man, I'm really concerned for our freedoms, and, and the government's really out of control, and, and blah, blah, blah. The numerous, the numerous topics we talk about. But more so that we need to get back to being a constitutional republic instead of a stupid democracy, which we aren't, and get people interested in that. And, and at least, you know, you don't have to read it word for word, but understand your rights and, and how they are violated and how they are being taken away every minute of every single day. I mean, you even see it on, on movies. You watch a movie and cops knock on the door and the guy opens the door and they walk right in. And, and the, and the person, you know, that's how they portray things. Yeah. And people think that's okay. They can do that. And not everybody. There are, there are a lot of us running around that understand what our rights are. But then if you well, try to, if you try to uphold those rights, then you're a, what do they call them? Uh, a sovereign citizen. Oh, you're one of those sovereign citizens. I don't even know what the hell that means. Well, see, you're hitting on something again, which I intended to say something on and, and didn't. But the you're you're making a, a point toward something else that I'm not sure you you know you're making, which. I thought I would just add an observation here is that for a long time, uh, uh, people who were black in this country in inner cities uh, would make an argument that they didn't have access to the same judicial system that we did as white. Um, and it's true. I mean, 
it's not an intentional racism in my view, at least in most places, but it's a, a de facto racism because uh, like we were talking about black on black crime, you know, why that happens, that that also happens within the judicial system, that you'll, you'll have municipal judges, uh, district judges, you know, depending on what the level of offense is. But within a city, you might have, uh, I don't know, let's say 10 different uh, municipal courts. And uh, some, uh, some areas will get heard in front of uh, one particular judge more so than another area. So at any rate, black uh, people would not get heard and punished the same way for the same crimes. And they would complain about that. And they had a, they had a point. Well, sure, we want equal justice, but, but we also want equal representation. Yeah. Um, but their protests fell on deaf ears in the Democrats because in the big cities, they were all controlled by Democrats anyway. And they were going to run things how they wanted to. But the Republicans let them get away with it because a lot of the Republicans had no no concept of what these folks were talking about because mm. they lived in an area where they weren't involved or exposed to that sort of crime. They, they didn't know this black person as a neighbor or this black person as an employee or this black person or a, as a boss. Um, and they weren't uh, hands-on as knowledgeable about what was happening in that area of the city versus the area of the city they lived in. So a, a lot of white folks, regardless of party, weren't really aware that, oh, these folks aren't getting the same rights and privileges, et cetera, as we are as white folks. And it wasn't the intention to make the laws uh, racist, but how the laws got applied turned out to be racist, even though the intent wasn't there. Uh, and, it, and it just ended up being what parts of town, what sorts of crimes were being done. And some things were punished more harshly in one area than in another area. Um, and, and, and over time, I think that became Republicans would observe it less often than Democrats. They didn't say or do much about it. They didn't have much to say because there weren't as many of them in these big cities as there were Democrats. There was little they could do. And a lot of the Republican Party fought for suburbs and rural areas and left the inner cities of the big cities behind because they couldn't make any inroads. The Democrats owned it. Yeah. They could never get enough voters to get them elected. So it ended up being, you know, one party towns. Um, and yet those same things that I'm talking about did happen in rural areas. Right. So, you know, Republicans are just as, able to to look the other way and screw up as democrat people are it's just well and i think we have to distinguish too ron 
between Democrats, Republicans, and uh, the citizens at large. Uh, and what I mean by that is, so we, we hear about this systemic racism. And I don't believe in that. I don't believe in white privilege. I don't believe in white supremacy. I don't believe in any of that stuff. Because the normal, average, everyday person doesn't walk around thinking about laws that go one way or the other, people that are being treated one way or the other. It's the system itself. So does systemic racism have... Uh, is it is it true to a certain extent? Yeah. But to, to label the entire white race as being racist or white supremacist would be the same way as me labeling the entire black race or the entire Asian race as being racist based on the actions of a, a group or a certain type of people. Uh but that's where we've gotten in our society is that the white man is just a, a racist, evil being. I mean, I didn't make those laws. I didn't, I didn't preside over those, those uh, trials. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't arrest anyone. Mm -hmm. You and I have talked numerous times about how these things were... It, it talked about it in my textbooks. Like I said, it... There was a lot of uh, things that revolved around racism and, like you were just saying, the outcome of uh, uh, a trial or, or a, you know, a, a charge. So to say that a, an entire race is, is liable for the actions and reactions of you know, a certain group of people is not fair. Or true. Well, yeah, that, that's an even better point. It's not true. Yeah. Uh, and, and again, I question whether that's intentional or not. You know, isn't, isn't one of the, and, and I'm not going to be putting it into, you know, the exact words that I probably should. You probably do much better at it than I am. But isn't that part of Marxism is to create that divisiveness and that chaos? Oh, yeah. You want to undermine tear up the current cultural fabric. Yeah. And it's unfortunate because uh, there's a lot of people like, normal people that uh, you know are just trying to live their life and do the best for their families that don't see that that they don't think about that you know they're not they're not falling for it I know them I meet them I hang out with them and there's no mention of any of that nonsense It's just, it, I, when, that, when I hear about that kind of stuff, I'm, and of course, I don't live in every inch of the country, right? I just, 
I have my own little square carved out and uh, I'm not living everyone's life every day. I'm sure it occurs. I'm sure it happens. Um, but I don't experience it. Nor do I think about it. We talk about it on our show, but I don't, I don't talk about it in any other time because I'm not living that, you know what I'm saying? I'm not living in that moment. It's not, right. something, it's not something I think about all the time. Why? Because I'm not experiencing it. Yeah, it's more of a theory. You know, if it, like my, my uh, granddaughter's first birthday. There was Hispanic people, there's white people, there's black people. Unfortunately, I, I, no Asians. Um, they were probably at school. Yeah. <laughs> it's a sarcastic remark, not a racist <laughs> one. Uh, but I wasn't sitting there thinking about their skin color or, or, or any of that stuff. I, you know, until this conversation, I never even thought about it. Because that's not what, that's not what my life's about. Mm-hmm. I didn't have a problem with them being there, and they didn't have a problem with me being there. Like I said, if you, if you go into a restaurant and you see a, a white guy sitting with a black girl and they're having dinner, and if you were to walk up to them and say, excuse me, um, aren't you supposed to hate each other? Why, why are you having dinner dinner together? One of them's probably one of them's probably going to punch you or slap you, or say get the hell out of here. Because guess what? They're not thinking about that. That's not what their life is about. But if you listen to the mass media, or you know, just so happen to go on social media which I don't do a whole lot of anymore either. That, that's pretty much what you're going to get. Uh, it just blows me away. I'm, I don't understand it. Well, I well think, yeah. uh, unless you have anything to add, I'm, we're probably going to need to wrap up. I got about yep. 2% on my phone. Okay. So uh, everybody... Stay warm out there. Have a nice weekend, and we will be back Tuesday. And don't forget, you can uh, find Ron's books on uh, reharlow.com. You can check out our website at an inquiryintofreedom.com. And uh, we will see you Tuesday. All right. All right. Yeah. Have a good weekend. Bye-bye. You too. Bye. <laughs>